Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Seven presidents of the United States of America have visited Ireland on official trips. Several of them have even dropped into a pub for the customary photo with a pint in hand, most notably Barack Obama in 2011. But one story regarding an American president and the Irish pub eclipses all others. This is the story of Ronald Reagan's trip to Ireland in 1984, the pub he visited, and how it came to be packed up and moved 8,000 kilometres, or 5,000 miles, to California, where it remains today. Welcome to Publin, a podcast about the culture, history and heritage of pubs at home and abroad. In 2015, I was doing research for an article on Irish pubs that had been shipped abroad. The internal contents, the bar and other fixtures, stripped down and sold, only to be recreated in a far-flung location. There was Bubbles O'Leary's, a pub in Kampala, Uganda, that once existed in the form of the Lennon Hall in Drogheda. Another was the story of the James Joyce Bar in Zurich that reformed the elegant interior of the old Jury's Hotel on Dame Street. I managed to find a third story that rounded out the article nicely, but I always felt that there was more detail behind this story, more depth that could be explored. Well, last week I spoke to the man best placed to tell the tale of how a pub in Ballyporeen, County Tipperary, ended up inside a library in California. But first, let's place ourselves mentally in the year 1984 and familiarise ourselves with then-US President Ronald Wilson Reagan. Reagan was born in 1911 in Tampico, Illinois, to parents Nellie Clyde Wilson and Jack Reagan. Following his schooling and college years, during which he was a commentator for American football games, Reagan turned his attention towards the performing arts and became an established and well-known actor. Reagan became politically involved and, utilising his public profile as an actor and spokesman for General Motors, Reagan became governor of California in 1967. In 1975, Reagan made his first attempt at the Republican nomination for the presidency and was ultimately successful several years later and then became president in 1981. Reagan was aware of, though not thoroughly informed about, his Irish heritage. His great-grandfather, Michael Regan, spelt R-E-G-A-N, left the parish of Templetenny, County Tipperary, in 1851. Templetenny was renamed Ballyporeen in 1900. This fondness for his heritage is what spurred him on to plan a visit to Ireland in 1984. The visit included an arrival at Shannon Airport, a trip to Ashford Castle in Mayo, and a speech in Dáil Éireann, the Irish Parliament. In between these stops, over two days, he found the time to pay a visit to Ballyporeen to take in some Irish dancing, a visit to the local church, and of course, a stop-off for a quick one in the local pub. It's worth noting how small Ballyporeen is. 
Today, its official population is listed as 318 people, so you can imagine what a big deal this visit was for such a small town. Joining me today on the podcast is a man who can fill in all of the gaps in this story. Did Ronald Reagan enjoy a drink and a chat? Was the visit to Ireland genuine or just politics? And who on earth moved a pub from Ireland to America? Well, he did. He being Fred Ryan, a man who was close professionally and personally with President Reagan. He worked with the President in the White House and beyond and was speaking to me from his office in Washington DC where he holds the office of CEO of the Washington Post. When you follow stories of Irish pubs and trace them out around the world, there's really no telling where you're going to end up or who you're going to end up talking to. That's the cultural reach that Irish pubs project way out around the world. Here's Fred Ryan to tell us a bit more about his story of the Reagan pub. I actually met President Reagan when I was uh, still a student. I was, um, I guess in my late, uh, early 20s, I was at a reception in Los Angeles and Ronald Reagan was there. This was well before he, he'd been governor of California, of course, he'd been a famous movie star, but he, he and there were rumors he might run for president at some point, but I, I met him and introduced myself and I was just so impressed that here I was a young student and we talked for 20 minutes. It probably, it seemed like an hour to me, but it was probably 20 minutes. And I was just so impressed with his, uh, his authenticity and his just kindness to pay attention to me, a student who really couldn't do anything for him. And, and he was, uh, he was just so approachable and so likable. And at the end of the conversation, I said, I understand you might run for president someday. And if you do, I'd like to volunteer in your campaign. And he said, well, that's very nice of you. And a year or so later, he announced he's running for president. And I went down and signed up and said, I'd like to volunteer to work on his campaign. Since I was young and single, they, they sent me all over the country traveling around and uh, going to events with him, helping to organize events. And I just got to know him uh, more closely, having spent time with him campaigning. And at the end of his campaign, uh, he, uh, he made an offer for me to come to work in the White House. And one thing Ronald Reagan did that was different than a lot of, of, of other political figures have done is usually an American president will try to put their team together and they'll say, well, I need you to commit to four years. That's the, the length of an administration. Uh, or if I get two terms, I need you to commit to eight years. And President Reagan was different. He he wanted people who were who bring, brought fresh thinking and who maybe were more from the private sector than the the permanent government. So instead of asking people to come for four years or eight years, he'd say, why don't you come for one year? And that's all I'm asking, make a one-year commitment. And I just started in a law firm. I was a junior associate and I said, one year, this this could be great. I asked my law firm, they said, sure, you can go for a year. And the the, the genius behind President Reagan's uh, thinking was he got a lot of people from business, from law, finance, from all every type of business you could imagine and they came for one year, but at the end of the year, usually they would enjoy it and they would stay for another year and another year. And, uh, or he would offer you something, a new position. So I came for one year and I ended up staying both terms of his presidency and, and got to know him very well while working for him in the White House. Uh, and then to answer your question, after he left the White House, he, he was going out to California. I was originally from California myself. And he said, well, I'm gonna need a chief of staff. I wanna remain active and uh, continue as a former president doing a lot of the things that I do now and uh, speaking out for the things I believe in. And um, would you be my chief of staff? And I said, I'd be honored to be your chief of staff. And I, I moved back out with him and then worked for him uh, six years in the former presidency as his chief of staff while he was building his library, traveling around the world, 
writing his books, giving speeches, really being an, an active former president. Fred Ryan, that's a fairly Irish name by my reckoning. In fact, I'm pretty sure that the most common pub name in Ireland is Ryan's. So it's of no real surprise that Fred himself is aware of his Irish lineage and, by chance, his people didn't emigrate too far away from Ronald Reagan's ancestors. Uh, my family had uh, had immigrated to uh, Boston from Tipperary, and um, had um, and then on my uh, my grandmother's side uh, uh, from Cork uh, via uh, Prince Edward's Island, Canada, to Boston. So uh, my, we were very steeped in the uh, the Ryan uh, heritage. Knowing we come from Tipperary, we didn't know much more beyond that. And uh, later in life, uh, I was fortunate to have a, a genealogist who filled in the blanks and went back and found the specific county, the specific townland where my ancestors were from. Uh, in fact, it was funny. I went back to, to County Tipperary, uh, which is where my, my relatives come from. And um, as you said, last name Ryan, very popular in Ireland. So I went to, to Tipperary and the number one most popular last name in Tipperary is Ryan. And I said, well, that's OK, because I, I'm looking for a trickler Ryan. I'm looking for John Ryan. And they said, well, John is the most common first name of every Ryan in Tipperary. Uh, and I, we followed the leads and there was one that was rumored to have actually uh, maybe had an interest in a pub. I don't know if he owned it or if he just spent a lot of time there, uh, but uh, it listed the public house as his address. Uh, so uh, so I did. I was interested into this day. I've, I've continued to trace back my relatives to Ireland. Uh, my wife's her family's from Cork. Her last name is McSweeney. And um we're very, very proud. We visited Ireland multiple occasions and uh, taking our children there. And they're very, very proud of their Irish heritage as well. I think it's fair to say that Irish people are quite sceptical when it comes to politics, politicians and Irish American heritage. Just this year, we had a visit from President Joe Biden, who claims Irish heritage and has a good deal of interest in Irish culture. He's often found quoting from Seamus Heaney and other Irish poets. I think people regarded that visit as genuine and perhaps one of those times when a president could indulge himself and take a trip abroad that wasn't necessarily about life or death or trade deals, but rather a celebration of cultural links. So what of President Reagan's trip to Ireland? Was that born of electioneering, a love of discovering one's heritage, or a healthy combination of both? I was involved in planning his trip uh, to Ireland, and it was very important to me as an Irish American and having uh, working for an Irish American president. But I can tell you that trip, that idea and the details of that trip were pure Ronald Reagan. He was very proud of his Irish ancestry. He would talk about it all the time. He would um, connect with other Irish Americans and even those of us on his staff who were young Irish Americans. So that, that was something that was important to him. He He felt that Ireland and uh, his heritage had a profound impact on shaping his world, his worldview, his character, um, the things he stood for, and the chance to go back to Ireland, where his ancestors had come the previous century um, without much, and uh, to return as the president of the United States was something that he was was thrilled about being able to do. He, it was that trip, maybe as much as any other one was one that he was looking forward to and um, and had his hands in planning. So that was part of it. It's also, you remember at that time, uh, I think about one in six Americans identified themselves as having Irish ancestry. So this wasn't just a personal um, journey for President Reagan. It was something that I think a lot of Americans 
uh, were very uh, excited about and interested to see that uh, a fellow Irish American was going back as president to visit the, the, the humble origins where his family had actually mm -hmm. come from before they uh, immigrated to the United States. Um, and it, it was during, as you said, during the Cold War. But, you know, the, the thing with the president is presidency is that there are always uh, crises every direction. But you have to balance it. You have to do the things that are meaningful to you, things that are symbolic, have great symbolic importance, things that build uh, bridges with uh, allies and friends. Um, so um, going to Ireland, I think, accomplished all of that. Up ...to become the Prime Minister of Ireland or President of the United States. <laughs> Looking around town today, I was struck by the similarity between Ballyporeen and the town, the small town in Illinois where I was born, Tampico. Of course, there's one thing you have that we didn't have in Tampico. We didn't have a Ronald Reagan lounge in town. <laughs> well, the spirit is the same. This spirit of warmth, friendliness, and openness in Tampico and Ballyporeen, and you make me feel very much at home. What unites us is our shared heritage and the common values of our two people. On his trip to Ballyporeen, President Reagan was treated to performances by Irish dancers, Irish musicians, and a reception from local politicians, hosted for television by RTE presenter Derek Davis. But before that, he had to do the rounds of the local institutions, namely a visit to the local church and, of course, a visit to the local pub. In O'Farrell's pub, a queue of people waited for Ronald and Nancy Reagan to grace the doors of the local, which had been operating since 1810. In fact, it's very possible that an ancestor of the President's could have drank in that very building over 100 years earlier. In honour of the President's visit to the pub, it was named that day, and until the day it closed its doors, the Ronald Reagan. be unnatural he was not someone who had pretense where going into a pub would would be uh wouldn't feel right and he he did enjoy having um conversations with just normal people about learning what's on their mind and he also loved to tell stories and a lot of stories and a lot of jokes are told in pubs and um he was game all the way and nancy reagan um maybe herself not the person who would go on her own to a pub was really uh, enjoying the opportunity to accompany him. And at the time, as you know, the O'Farrells owned it. And uh, he didn't go there knowing they were going to name it for him. It was just the, the, a pub. And um, after his visit, which he thoroughly enjoyed, and he, he talked about maybe 
maybe more than anything else on the Ireland trip when he got back were the stories he told about going to the pub. And um, he even went on when he left office, I should say, he would talk about how uh, different presidents are um, recognized. And he said, well, President Kennedy has the airport, JFK airport in New York. Uh, President Johnson has the Johnson Space Center that NASA uses to launch our, our, our space flights. And he said, and I've got a pub named after me in Tipperary, Ireland. <laughs> and uh, he was as proud of having that as uh, I think the others would have been having those airports and space centers named after them. I know a lot of Americans visited that pub after Ronald Reagan uh, made his visit there. In fact, everyone in the White House who wasn't on the trip, if they could get anywhere near Ireland, they would make a point of uh, visiting the Ronald Reagan pub uh, in Valley Perrine. And um, I, I would get photos from people of, that they had taken standing in the pub, photos with the O'Farrells, uh, stories about the, the who they met in the pub. So it was there was a stream of Americans, particularly anyone who was associated with President Reagan, who wanted to visit this place that President Reagan had uh, told so many stories about. And I think uh, American tourists uh, learn a little bit more about it, and they might go visit the, the site of a presidential visit. Um, so it got a lot of, uh, of traffic from Americans uh, and others uh, following that visit. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A new year is full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. So how was it that this pub, made famous by a presidential visit, came to close and be moved piece by piece across the Atlantic Ocean? Well, in 2004, uh, when President Reagan passed away, I, I had the honor of being a poll bearer, and uh, he had even asked me uh, during his lifetime if I would play a role in organizing his funeral. And uh, we had put this plan together shortly after he left office, and he he stayed healthy and active, and many years passed before he, he died in 2004. 
So I'd just been involved. That was June of 2004 when he passed away. And there was quite a, a national and international tribute to him uh, in, here in Washington, D.C. and across the country, an enormous outpouring of affection and respect for President Reagan. And after that was over, I'd had a family vacation planned to Ireland. And it just turned out about two weeks after his funeral, I was over with my family. We'd rented a place in Ireland. We were staying there. And my wife and I, with our three daughters, said, what? we should go visit the Ronald Reagan pub. How far are we from Valley Perrine? And we were, we were only about 45 minutes uh, away. So we said, the next day, we're going to get up and go to the Ronald Reagan pub. So we got in the car, drove to the pub, pulled into Valley Perrine, saw the Ronald Reagan pub, the signs in the window, all the, these images that people had sent me, photos of it over the years and seeing the press coverage of his trip. And I wanted to show it to my daughters and wife. So we went to the door and it, it was locked and um, we couldn't figure out why. I looked in and everything seemed to be in place, but the, the door was locked. And knowing that uh, usually the or frequently the pub owners live upstairs in the building, I just went upstairs and knocked on the door and I said, are you the pub owners? And she said, yes, I'm Mary O'Farrell. And I said, well, I've brought my children here to see the pub, uh, but the doors are locked. She goes, oh, let me get the keys and let me open it for you. So we came in and took my children, walked all around the pub and my wife. And then I started talking to her. I said, well, why is it closed? And she said, well, we're closing it because we're going to need this space for our growing family. And uh, we're going to have an auction in about two weeks and everything in this pub will be sold at auction. And I said, well, who will buy it? And she said, well, you know, someone might buy the glassware, someone else will buy the silverware, stools might go to a different pub. It'll all be in a big auction. And by that time, my, my wife and three daughters, my daughters are getting a little restless. So my wife took them to walk up and down the street. So as I continued to talk to Mary Farrell, I said, well, so this pub will just be decimated into little pieces and distributed all over Ireland. She said, yeah, that's probably what will happen. So I said to her, um, I'd like to buy the pub. Would you sell the pub, the whole thing? And I walked through it with her. I said, I want the dartboards that are on the wall. I want the carpets. I want every glass, every chair. I want the wall coverings, all the posters, all the signs for, for, for Guinness and for Smittix and everything else. So I said to her, I, I want all the contents of the pub, the signs, the dartboards, the glasses, the taps, chairs, the long bars, the windows, the lights in the windows, every single piece of this. And she said, okay. So I thought about it. I made her an offer and she let me ask my husband. And she left me down there for a few minutes and she came back downstairs and she said, my husband said, yes. And I said, that's wonderful. Then my wife walks in with my three children's children and Mary Farrell is giving me a hug. And she's looking at wondering what's going on. And she, Mary Farrell says, your husband just bought this pub. <laughs> and my wife and daughters looked at me like I was crazy. What are you doing buying a pub in Valley Perrine, Ireland? We don't live here. We only come here occasionally. How could you possibly do this? And I explained to them that I wanted to, to take the entire pub piece by piece that I've described and relocate it to the Reagan Presidential Library in California and reassemble it there because I knew it was something that Ronald Reagan was so proud of that he talked constantly about that would be a great bridge to Ireland for all the people who come to visit the Reagan Library in Los Angeles. And we were just opening this new exhibit 
where we got Air Force One, the official president's airplane, and a 707 that Ronald Reagan used when he flew to Ireland and when he flew on something like 300 other uh, trips. So I thought that would be a perfect companion piece. You have Air Force One, and then you have the pub that he visited when Air Force One took him to Ireland. So we came back. Uh, actually, that night, we got back to our, our uh, house we are staying at, and I called Mrs. Reagan, Nancy Reagan. And I said, I'm over in Ireland. And she says, I know, I heard you were going to go over there after Ronnie's funeral. And I said, yes. I said, and I just bought the Ronald Reagan pub. And there was silence. And she said, have you been drinking? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, yes, we've had dinner and I had a couple glasses of wine, but I bought the pub before I would have anything to drink. She said, why did you buy it? And I said, because we're going to disassemble it and ship it to the Reagan Presidential Library. And that will be my gift to the library. So she was thrilled. And in the, the weeks ahead, months ahead, we had a crew come in and we disassembled the pub into sections. We put it in shipping containers. We had those shipping containers transport it all the way halfway around the world to Los Angeles. It was brought into the Reagan Presidential Library and we reassembled it in this gigantic pavilion where we have the Air Force One airplane and other uh, we have his helicopter, we have motorcade cars, and centerpiece is the Ronald Reagan pub relocated from Tipperary, Ireland. I, I just think it was meant to be. The timing could not have been more perfect, and it was meant to be that this happened. And um, it, it's it's a, such a great attraction now at the Reagan Library. But when we opened it, we had the O'Farrells fly over from Ballyperine with Nancy Reagan there, uh, a whole group of distinguished people from California across the country to cut the ribbon on the new Ronald Reagan pub in the Reagan Presidential Library in California. And we had the O'Farrells there to serve the first drinks, the first Smittics, the first Guinness, Guinness were poured by the O'Farrells and served to the guests. And we thought that was a very fitting way to bridge their ownership to the fact that it was now going to permanently be at the Reagan Presidential Library. And they could not have been more happy. I still hear from Mary very frequently and uh, we've kept up that close relationship. And I, I know she was very proud that that, that pub that played such a, a role in history with Ronald Reagan's visit to Ireland would now permanently be preserved in the Reagan Presidential Library. I suppose we'd better ask the question on everyone's lips right now. Can you still get a pint there? The, the pub now uh, is open uh, during uh, business hours for the library uh, for visitors. And there are thousands of people who come every day. And it serves sandwiches and non-alcoholic beverages during the day. But we've kept it hooked up uh, to uh, to uh, Guinness and uh, Smittics and other uh, ales. Uh, and uh, at night, if there's an event there, uh, you can have a you can come in and have a pint uh, or you can have a, even a glass of wine or you can be there if there's a special occasion taking place. I've, I've gone in there where I've brought a bunch of buddies of mine and we've sat down and we've had dinner and we've had a uh, few uh, pints and uh, just made an enjoyable evening like you would have in any pub anywhere. Except here we are sitting right in the middle of the Reagan Presidential Library. If a rural pub has to close down then I suppose it's better that the stories of the family and the town continue to live on 
even if it's now halfway around the world. It's a nice end, or re-beginning, for a pub that started its story in 1810. It's surely the only pub in the world where you can have a pint and look up at the nose of Air Force One. Unless it happens to be flying overhead, of course. I'm going to leave the last words and the final sentiment on the story to Fred. Uh, you know, it was, it was a, a small little business in a small Irish town. I mean, to uh, the former president of the United States and to a lot of Irish Americans, it, it means a lot. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Publin Podcast. I think that if you told me when I started this podcast last October that next summer I'd be interviewing the CEO of the Washington Post about a pub, I'd have said you were mad. But here we are. I think it's wonderful that what is seemingly such a niche topic for a podcast can lead you down such varied paths. The Irish pub is so intertwined with every aspect of Irish life that it enables us to explore so many different facets of culture here and around the world. Instead of having a broad remit for a podcast, it's actually this niche that opens doors and allows me to cover topics well beyond the pub that are what you might call pub-adjacent. But that's enough philosophising for one week. If you'd like to get in touch with an idea for an episode or feedback on a previous episode, you can contact me, John, via publinie at gmail.com. Do consider subscribing to and rating the podcast as well as sharing it with a friend who might enjoy it. That's it for another week, and so all that's left to say is thanks for listening and slauncher.